like if we have a big pizza night and we have ice cream and we're watching movies, I feel huge. I will usually just hold my husband's hands or say, I'm feeling like I need to go throw up. Mm-hmm. And he'll just, hey, it's not a big deal. You didn't eat that much. You, it's just your mind. So, yeah, it, it, it's always that little voice in the back of my head saying, you'll feel better. And I have to battle it with the truth. Welcome to Stories of Hope in Hard Times, the show that explores how people endure and even thrive in difficult times, all with God's help. I'm your host, Tamara K. Anderson. Join me on a journey to find inspiring stories of hope and wisdom learned in life's hardest moments. My guest today was born and raised in Texas, but has moved quite a few times over the years and has settled down in North Carolina with her husband and three children. She has been writing for as long as she can remember, short stories, journaling, or just a way to express how she is feeling. When she's not writing, you can find her at the beach, paddleboarding, or at home playing video games with her kids or husband or reading in a quiet space somewhere in her house. She has written a three-part series for young adults and has more stories coming. I am pleased to present Stephanie Schaefer. Stephanie, are you ready to share your story of hope? Hi, I am. Awesome. Well, this is fun. I've, I've Stephanie's been on my list of people to interview for a while. We've been friends for a couple of years now. So this is really fun for me to have her on the show. And one of the interesting things about Stephanie that I did not know before I met, um, and even after I met her, I would never have guessed, is that she went through a dramatic weight loss where she lost almost 80 pounds in less than a year. And I know that for me, especially after COVID, I'm kind of like, uh, yeah, I put on some COVID weight. Yeah. Um, how in the world <laughs> did you do that? <laughs> What's your secret? <laughs> I wish there was a secret. I wish that there was a magic pill, a magic drink, and sadly there is not, not yet. Um, I just had amazing support, uh, friends and family and, um, the fitness community, um, and I just worked out every day. It, it kind of brought me sanity into the craziness of COVID and the lockdowns and all that. It really helped stabilize me and give me something positive to focus on rather than focusing on lockdowns, masks, shots, all of it. It, it yeah. brought some sanity into my day. Wow. So your secret is working out every day because I know you do. And I know you post little videos like on, on social media about you work doing these amazing workouts. Do you follow a specific system or what do you do? Yeah, I follow, um, beach body, you know, they do P90X and all that. I do, um, a program called lift four. So it's four days a week of medium to heavy lifting and a little bit of cardio. So four days a week, 30 minutes a day. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. Wow. And seriously, 80 pounds. 80 pounds. Wow. Okay, yeah. Stephanie, you inspire me. I can do it. <laughs> okay. Yes, you can. 
good at like walking at least four days a week, but not the weightlifting stuff. So, so I just need to um, expand my workouts to include other things. <laughs> you want to, you want to challenge yourself. You know, we always say challenge, challenge your brain, challenge all that. Well, you also want to challenge your body. So walking is great. Swimming is great, but you want to always up and go up and go up and try to really push yourself. Get out of your comfort zone, Tamara. I know. I'm always I'm always <laughs> having to do this. And um, it seems like every year I'm challenging myself with some new thing to push myself above and beyond. But a lot of those things are, are usually emotional breakthroughs or things that I have to learn about something to do. Like I had to learn about book writing. I had to learn about podcasting. This past year, I've learned about producing music and what it takes to do that. And I just haven't done things that really challenge me physically so challenge accepted <laughs> and I think by challenging physically it also challenges you mentally mm -hmm. because you, you know a lot of the weight loss and 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 workout you have to beat a, a certain mindset in order to move forward as well so you'll, you'll see when you when you bring in more weights and harder cardio how that'll open your mind to other things as well all right. She's, she's challenging me guys. I got to do it now. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I will. All right, Stephanie, you would think that you've got it all made, but life has not exactly been a smooth road for you. <laughs> not in the least. Let's go back to your teenage years and let's cover a topic I actually have not covered on the podcast before. And I'm so glad that we get to talk about it today. And that is the topic of bulimia. Tell me a little bit about bulimia and why it was a part of your teenage years. I think for me hitting, and, and, and I think for all preteens going into that unsure time in your life, as our bodies develop into something we don't know, you know, yeah. we don't know anything about this. Um, I was always kind of chunky, but I was like that cute fat kid, that cute fat chubby, you know, want to squeeze mm -hmm. the cheeks kind of kid. And, but then hitting 12 and 13, when all these girls are getting curves and are thin, I wanted to look like that. And, but I love, I love food. Mm -hmm. And if you know me, you know, I love food. Um, that was a real big struggle. So that was how I handled it is I got to eat whatever one I binged and then I purged and I mm -hmm. did it for years and years. And I want to say until I got pregnant with my first child. And then I knew for her safety, I had, I couldn't do that. Yeah. But immediately after she was born, I went right back to it. Mm. It, it was just a sense of control and it, it, it made me feel good about myself. I know that sounds really weird because I'm destroying my insides, but I felt like if I'm pretty on the outside, if I'm thin, then I'll be accepted, mm. which is not true at all right because you're destroying your inside and people can actually see that you're sick like something's not right because you don't look healthy your skin's not glowing you know you're just kind of your hair is falling out your teeth are falling out it's bad wow it's very bad so what what finally helped you to overcome bulimia um my second marriage after having all of my kids I finally approached my husband and told him 
how miserable I was, that I hated myself. I hated looking at myself. I hated my body. I didn't like him to look at me. Didn't like my kids looking at me. If I could show you old pictures of me, I'm always in pants that are three sizes too big, big baggy shirts, you know, just pure sadness. And I told him what I was doing. And I was, I was afraid that he was going to send me away and divorce me and like, oh, you can't see your kids anymore. Mm -hmm. But he just held me and let me cry and just said, okay, we're going to get you on a good eating program. We're going to get you exercising and I'm going to do it with you. So having a support system is so, so, so important. Um, Knowing that nobody's looking at you. So if somebody were to come forward and say, I'm anorexic, I'm bulimic, nobody's going to shame them. Nobody at all. They're going to be helped. They're going to be loved. And um, there's all kinds of groups and support systems out there that can help anybody move past it. But for me, it was finally telling my husband, this is what I've been doing all these years. And him just accepting me, okay, together we can do it. And that was the key because I can't do it myself. I can never do it myself. Wow. So... So do you think the key is you finally being brave enough, first of all, to talk about it, but then to talk about it with somebody that you love and trust, and then having that support system in place of, okay, we're going to do it together, finding a group or someone who will support you through the change and, and being confident that, okay, I can do this. Now, now let me ask you, um, are you ever tempted now? It's probably been, how long has it been since you overcame bulimia? 17 years. Wow. Yeah. Cause it was right after my youngest was born. So it's been about 17 years. Wow. Have you ever been tempted to go back? I, yes. Um, I don't know if this is true or not, but it's how I feel is that I feel like it's like an alcoholic that once you are, you always are. Mm -hmm. Um, just like if we have a big pizza night and we have ice cream and we're watching movies, I feel huge. Mm -hmm. And I think just this little voice in the back of my head, Hey, you know, you can go take care of that. You'll feel better. And, um, I will usually just hold my husband's hands or say, you know, um, I'm feeling like I need to go throw up Mm -hmm. and he'll just, Hey, not a big deal you didn't eat that much it's just your mind so yeah it's always that little voice in the back of my head saying you'll feel better and I have to battle it with the truth you always have to battle the lies with the truth and the truth is it doesn't make me feel better it never made me feel better and when I'm like you were saying when I'm honest and I look at my husband or even my kids and say hey I I'm thinking these things, then it makes it easier because then they're like, no, this is what the truth is. Mm. So, so even, so were you able to talk to your kids about this struggle um, and, and be open and honest with them as they were especially probably going through their teenage years? Yeah. It, Cause it, it is something that I was concerned about. It, it really is. Um, and I just would tell them what I struggled with, how I handled it and how I've overcome it. And I pray that they don't follow in those footsteps. I pray that since 
you know, especially my youngest was only one when I really started fighting it, that they've seen me fight it and win and do it in a, and, and lose my weight in a healthy way. So if they feel unhealthy, they'll have um, a good foundation of, of healthy foods and working out and so forth, you know? So hopefully I've laid, that's what I pray is I've laid down that good foundation Yeah, for them yeah. to follow. So how do you feel that God helped you to overcome that? Honestly, I don't think I could have beat it without God and without my husband working side by side because he found the strength and the words of wisdom through God. Mm. And when he's not around, because obviously he wasn't around 24 seven, he right. had to work full time job. I'm home with three kids, four kids, homeschooling. At that time, we had four kids at home, homeschooling them all. And I have to rely upon God to speak the truth to me. So if I was feeling unworthy, unloved, crummy, I would go to his word and find that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, and that there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. That even if I did make myself throw up, hey, as long as I'm truthful about it, and I told my husband, which when I struggled in the beginning, I would call him and say, I just did this. And he would pray with me. And then I would go to God and I would pray and I would talk to him. And through him and all of that, I was able to overcome it. And I know a lot of my struggle, especially with depression, turning on worship music kind of battles those lies because those, those words speak the truth. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I love that. I love that you've given us a couple of key things there. First, finding truth in God's word. Uh, second, the power of prayer. Um, and then third, the power of uh, praise music, right? That that the, those are a powerful one, two, three punch almost that you can use not only for bulimia, but we're going to get into your depression as well, that... Um, that, that you can use to battle whatever struggle that you're dealing with. Because we each have struggles and, and, and they might not all be bulimia or depression. It might be something else, but that one, two, three punch, the scriptures, prayer, and powerful positive music can really help as we, as we bat, battle our daily battles, right? Yeah, it really does. When you've got the truth backing you, what, you know, if God is for me, who can be against me? So, mm -hmm. and, and those little things I turn to every day and how I start my day, because if I start it on a good note on the right foot, then chances are my day is going to go smoother. It, even, it, even if the world starts falling apart, I know that I've got the backing of God and like, what? Okay. Yeah. Now you mentioned something else I'd like to dive into a little bit more, and that is the idea of not condemning yourself when you slip up and make a mistake. Because um, I think, we, obviously, we're our own worst self-critic. You know, I mean, we our inner voice is really loud, and oh my gosh, you blew it! You're the worst! You're not worth anything! You know, all that negative self-talk in our brains, and so. Um, 
you have a favorite Bible verse that that you found and you say to yourself, I don't know if you say it to yourself, but why don't you share that with us so other people can find it and use it? But then also talk us through how you were able to make the mental jump um, from condemning yourself and beating yourself up because you made a mistake or you slipped up to, okay, I'm moving forward again. I'm not going to spiral down. So my favorite verse is Romans 8, 1. Uh, Therefore, there is now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Meaning as we come forward to Christ, even if we mess up every second, which we do of every day, as long as we're falling at his feet, he wipes it away. So why would he, why would he condemn us if if we've come forward and said, because his word says he won't. Um, For me, it, it, it was a long, hard struggle to stop beating myself up on a daily basis, on a, you know, every second of every day, I'm such a loser. I'm such a this, um, having that, and I actually would write it out and put it in different areas of my house so that no matter what room I'm in, I would see that verse Mm -hmm. because if that verse is a lie, then the whole scripture is a lie and my life is a lie. Mm -hmm. So therefore that can't be a lie. So I would tell myself that And my husband would often say, you know, I know you're feeling unworthy, but didn't God call David his beloved? Well, yes, but David was perfect. Oh no, go and read the story of David. We all know he was not anywhere close to perfect, you know, committing adultery, murder, so on and so forth. But what did he do? And that's what I, that's what I try to emulate. If David felt on his face at the feet of Jesus and Jesus and God called him my beloved. Then he will that he'll do that to me too. He'll wipe it all away. And so I would say to myself, every time I mess up, okay, God, this is what I did. You know, I'm struggling, you know, I, I, I'm working hard to beat this. Just take my hand and help me through this day. Help me through this moment. Help me through this second. And he has never let me down. Every time he has, I felt peace and like, okay, now let's get up and do this again. And we'll fight and we'll win. So it's almost like you, you um, had, had Christ as your battle buddy. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. He, He didn't just stand beside me. He went before me. Yes. That is a good yeah, 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 yeah. That is that is so powerful, though, and and I love that because often, well, none of us are strong enough on our own, right? We're all Absolutely weak not. and broken and imperfect. But the good news is that God takes weak and broken things, and He loves working with them, and He loves working with us and helping us improve and and turn those negative self thoughts into. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, that's, right. that's, that's actually my mantra. That's when I kept happy, having to yeah. tell myself, I can do this. I can do this with Jesus himself. I can do this. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, and so turning these positive things. And I love that you posted the scripture all over your house, because that was the thing that you just had to remind yourself of in your week yes. time. So this is another good point. If you have a scripture that is particularly Ah, particularly meaningful to you and that will inspire you if you're feeling down post it post it on your wall in your kitchen in your bedroom in your bathroom post it all over your house so that you can see it 
and remember it. Oh, yes. you are full of great tips. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> and we've only covered one of the challenges you've had to All face. Right. <laughs> um, now, another of the challenges that you had to face was that of depression. And I can only imagine that bulimia and depression together probably were not a good combination. But why don't you tell me what uh, depression looked like for you and what you've been able to do to battle that as well? Um, depression is something I, I battle every day. Some days are good, some days are bad. I didn't realize until um, probably about 15 years ago that I've been battling depression pretty much my whole life. I mean, as a as a teenager, I tried to kill myself a couple of times and I praise God that it didn't, it didn't work and he didn't take me home. Um, most of the time for me, my depression is, I just want to sleep. I, I just feel like I'm in this dark place. I can't see what's in front of me. I can't see what's behind me. And I feel alone. I mean, I could be in a house or a room full of people that I know and love, but I feel utterly alone. And over the years, what has worked for me, one of my first therapists said, journal, journal all your thoughts, journal all your feelings, journal your day. You know, get up. I got up in the morning, I brushed my teeth, I, blah, blah, blah. and I found myself like, this is so boring. I didn't, I didn't want to live in that moment. I wanted to live outside of it. And so I started just writing little short stories and that seemed to like pet me up. And then talking to my husband, like even, you know, um, several days, you know, a couple months ago, I called him and said, I need prayer. I'm feeling really depressed. It's really dark. And he's like, okay. And immediately, I mean, he will stop in the middle of his work and pray. And I can feel his prayer. I can feel it lifting. Um, again, I go back to the word and I go back to my worship music. Um, <clears throat> because even if I'm sad and I feel alone, if I just flip on some worship music and I have my Bible open and I'm crying to God in that dark, lonely place, even if I'm not instantly taken out, I know he's in that dark, lonely place with me. Mm. I hope that makes sense. Um, you know, and some days I'm over at the moment, my husband and I pray. Mm -hmm. I mean, just that moment. Other days I'm kind of in a lull in, in like just going through the motions all day, but I've learned to be okay with that because again, I'm not in it alone. My heart knows I'm not alone. It's, it's that voice in, in my head that says you're worthless, you're alone, yo da da da. But my heart, and that's what I go back to, is God's word and, and the worship and my husband talking to me. You're not alone. We're all here. And I've shared with my kids as they got older. This is this is why some days I just look like I'm not there, but I'm there. I'm just fighting through it. And over the years, they they know when I when they see that look in my eyes or that expression on my face, they will literally not say anything and just come and hug me. Aww. Which, which is that one of the best things for somebody dealing with depression is not, Hey, snap out of it. Choose to be happy because a person dealing with it, if we could choose to do it, we would mm -hmm. um, just letting them know, okay, I'm going to pray for you. 
hey, would you like to meet up when you watch? Like my kids do, just hug. You don't even have to say a word, just a hug, just a simple, I love you, I'm thinking of you. Um, makes a huge, huge difference. Yeah. But again, it, it, reminding myself of who I am in Christ is, is a big, big, big deal. Mm. So who do you remind yourself that you are in Christ? I always go back to, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My grandmother always told me, God does not make mistakes. You're here for a purpose. And he, if he made the birds beautiful and he made the butterflies beautiful and the green grass and the trees, and he loves all of them, how much more does he love you? And how much more has he made you beautiful in his eyes? And so I try to hear her voice and her speak to me those truths. You know, I, I think really having somebody to back you, and we keep going back to the truth, um, having somebody back you and tell you what you mean to them in their eyes is such a huge deal. So when you're feeling at your lowest, to hear that person say, you're perfect the way you are and the way that God made you. Mm -hmm. Something, those simple little statements make a huge impact. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So simple. So huge. Yeah. Huge. Absolutely. Oh, I love, I love all of that. And, and the power of, I love how, how we're calling it truth. The power of the truth that we do have worth as God's children, that he has made us perfect in a different, you know, we're each unique. I get, let's say we're each unique in our own little way. Because <laughs> we're not, well, we're perfect with him. Yes. <laughs> perfect yes. in Christ, exactly. but not yes. perfect by ourselves, right? Um, because I know perfection is something I've struggled with and mm -hmm. that I want to be perfect. And I feel like when I make mistakes, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not worthy. And and I think that is something that it's hard to uh, change your mind and, and, and relearn, yes. I guess, really internalize the truth. It's hard to really internalize the truth if you've taught yourself differently or if you've had negative uh, comments thrown at you. Know, thrown at you. Um, and so it, it's hard to overcome that. And so I love that you just remind yourself of the truth that you pray uh, that you have others pray with you, that you're open and honest with other people about these are my struggles. Because I think sometimes when we feel so alone, we don't want to talk about it. It's and hard. It's very hard to, to be vulnerable like that. Even to somebody, my husband, I love him to death. Oh my gosh. But to call him and say, I'm in this dark place. That is so vulnerable. And to be so real with somebody is very hard, but to do it, it means that you're already stepping in the right direction. You're already starting to overcome. And so it's very, very important. Wow. So it's almost like you have to take action yes. um, to begin the process of pulling yourself out. Yeah. And, and, and taking that action is first admitting it to yourself. I'm struggling with bulimia or I'm struggling with depression um, and then admitting it to someone else, someone who's willing to pray with you, someone who's willing to fight with you, someone who's willing to get you the medical help that you need. I mean, whatever it is and however it looks like, um, right. but being willing to open up to someone else. It's scary. 
It is, but you can't do it on your own. And and you've said that before it, you just, you can't, we, Mm -hmm. we as humans are not meant to do this life alone. Mm -hmm. We have to surround ourselves with people that won't judge us, but will lift us up in prayer that will love us. I mean, Jesus never sent his disciples out by themselves. Mm -hmm. Never. They didn't travel by themselves. They didn't preach by themselves. He didn't either because humans are not meant to be by ourselves. We're just not. We're meant to have that person that when we fall can help us back up. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you have to find those people to surround yourself with that. When I come out and say, I struggle with bulimia, that they're not going to scoff at me and laugh and, and walk away, but instead are going to be like, I'm going to help you. Mm-hmm. You call me when you need help. That is so important to know that you can trust a person like that. Yeah. Um, I love what you said back there about how we all need connection and, and we do, we crave connection. We need connection. Even if, even if you feel like you're more of a person who likes to hang out alone, we all need connection. And I think we've learned that more than ever this past year, (laughs) this past year of 2020. Um, We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we're going to have Stephanie tell us a little bit about why 2020 was a particularly hard year for her and also give us a sneak peek of this amazing book series that she has written. Stay tuned. Are you looking for a gift for a friend, sister, or mother who is really struggling right now and you're not sure what to get them? It's hard for me to sometimes find those gifts and so Today, I'm so excited to tell you about this booklet, The Mother's Might. It's a perfect, simple, inexpensive gift you can give your friends, your family, your sisters, anyone that you want to share this story with. And it will be meaningful. It's not just a little piece of candy that they eat and forget. It's something they can read over and over again because so often we, as women, feel alone and overwhelmed and burdened and like there's so many things weighing upon our shoulders and what i love about this story is that it points us to jesus christ in our times of trouble that he understands us he loves us he knows what we're going through and he is more than willing to help us bear that burden and i love that about this story that it gives not only me hope but it will convey that sense of hope for all of you. So get your copy of it today, tamarakanderson.com slash store. You can order one, two, 10, 20, however many you want, and we will get those to you so you can get them distributed. All right, now on to our show. And we're back. I've been interviewing Stephanie Schaefer about her challenges dealing with bulimia and depression through her whole life and how she was able to battle those with the truth and with her one, two, three punch, which were studying God's word, praying and listening to praise music. And the year 2020 was an especially challenging year for her. So Stephanie, so why don't you tell us a little bit about what made 2020 so hard for you? And how you were able to find hope and healing and connection in a year that didn't really give us much opportunity for connection. (laughs) Well, we'll just start off by saying 2020 was awful. Uh, Yeah. Awful for everybody. 
um, for me, the worst day was February 20th. Got a phone call probably five in the morning that my sister had passed away from cancer. It, we know we knew that she had cancer. She had it um, just a little bit over a year, but we were not expecting her death. It was not an impending thing. We thought she's getting better, but she went to the hospital for dehydration, went to sleep and never woke back up. And that had to be one of the worst days of my life. Um, I... We had her memorial in March, um, and it was just as COVID was really sinking its teeth in. And uh, her memorial was a lot smaller than we had planned for, as people were already scared to leave their house. But so thankful for the people that did show up. I know when we flew at, in, in March to Texas, the plane was absolutely packed. Like, it was just overflowing I you know I think coming back there was only four people on our entire plane so in about in about a week the whole world had just fallen apart it seemed like um I'm I'm super grateful that I was able to at least go and have some kind of goodbye to her but um then coming home and just having the state locked down and having to shut in in our houses and I felt so bad because my mother was in Texas alone and she was locked into her house. So the process of mourning was not the same as when we had lost my grandmother, you know, where we could all come together and just hold each other. It was far away. It was phone calls. If you were lucky to get a Zoom call. Um, it was it was a very, very real struggle, one that I had not ever felt before and pray I never have to feel again. Um, I hit, I did hit really bad depression. My husband was concerned and he had to call me several times and just say, you're not thinking about anything bad. You're not thinking of ending your life. And the honest truth was I had not thought about ending my life because I know if I died, my sister would have killed me again in heaven. She would have just been like, no. <laughs> um, no, I, I often talk to God in those first few months and, and, Really, it was him and me just back and forth, just me and God, just me and God talking and me yelling at him and crying to him and being angry and then being sad. And, oh, I just thank God he's not a human because he probably would have walked out on me and like, woman, you're crazy. But, you know, he just kept saying, I've got her and she's, she's good now. She's no longer sick. She's good now. And I remember going through a process of, I think you took the wrong, the wrong child. Mm-hmm. You should have taken me. Mm-hmm. Um, she had so many more people depending on her and, and counting on her and, and they needed her. And I, I just, I have my husband and my small little family here. You know, I work from home. It's just a small little family. And between God and my husband, both telling me, he, God doesn't make mistakes. Again, hearing my grandma's voice, God doesn't make mistakes. He's got your sister. You're going to get through this. And I still have to remind myself on those rough days when I want to call my sister and talk to her that I can still talk to her. And I know she's still sassing me. She's in heaven just sassing me. Um, 
just being as snarky as ever, but reminding myself, I'm going to see her again and I can talk to her. And again, God's got my back and, and he doesn't make mistakes and I'm here for a purpose and it's not done yet. It, it was rough. And then at the end of 2020, I lost my uncle to COVID. I couldn't even see him. I couldn't go to the funeral. We had to watch it on online. And I, I, I don't even, I haven't seen, you know, his daughters, my cousins. I haven't seen them to be able to hug them. And so being, having to mourn alone is a very odd experience to sit at your desk and watch a loved one in their casket is just, I don't even know if there's a word other than just depressing and dark. It, it was hard. Mm. And I got through it again because of my community, my friends, my husband, and God. I tell you, if, if I did not have God, I, I, I would be lost in the world. I just would be lost. Mm -hmm. I mean, that he's gotten me through so much. And, you know, he always gives us a way out of things. And that's what he did here is I felt his love. I felt his presence and his reassurance. Mm. Wow. I love how you said he always gives us a way out. <laughs> it may not be though the path we thought it would, you know, what we anticipated that would look like. <laughs> Right. It may not be what we wanted. Yes. It, it's, it, it's it often right not what we want. <laughs> Very often. But, uh, but we, but we gotta, we gotta trust him even on the path of the way out. Right. Right. Um, now you also said something in there. I'd love to dive into a little bit more. And that is that when you were grieving, that you did a lot of venting to God. Yeah. And I know that I kind of reached that point in my life and my relationship with God too, but there are people out there and I, I used to be one of them where I felt I couldn't talk to God about when I felt angry at him. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Um, tell me why you feel it's important to speak where you are, your truth right then to God and, and, how that helps you to eventually heal? Well, I mean, God is supposed to be our friend. And do we not yell at our friends? Do we not just <laughs> vent to our friends? And I mean, he already knows what we're feeling and thinking. So, um, and, and I was that person too, that was like, oh no, I only got, go to God to praise him and ask for help. But it, we have to be real with him. And that's what he wants. He desperately wants that relationship. And if it's all just good, then it's not a real relationship. We have fights in our families. We have fights with our husband. We have fights with our kids. And, and it builds a good, strong bond because now you're, you're being honest. So for me, being honest with God, even when I'm angry and I feel like he made a mistake, I feel like it, it, it's bringing us closer together. Mm -hmm. I know he didn't make a mistake. Mm -hmm. I know he is wise beyond any comprehension, but I have to let him know I am so angry with what you did. And then I know he's not angry with me because I'm angry with him. I'm not angry with my kids because they're angry with me. 
Mm-hmm. I just want, I want him to know what I feel and not try to pretend and be some, something I'm not. And if at that moment I'm angry with him, I'm going to share, I'm angry with you mm-hmm. just like I would anybody else. And it helped me because it got those emotions out rather than pushing them down. I was able to be honest and say, I am hurt beyond belief that you took my sister. And if you would just give her back, we'd be fine. (laughs) Um, Right. (laughs) You know, but um, it's a matter of being honest with, you know, we keep talking about that. The truth, being honest with your emotions and who you are. And if at that moment I could scream, I want to scream to him because I know he's not going to judge me for it. When I cry, he cries. When I laugh, he laughs. When I'm angry, he's angry, but not at me. He, he understands all these emotions. That's, you know, Jesus came here for, to live as a man. So he understands absolutely everything that we face and losing my sister And then in November, losing my uncle, it was so much. But losing my sister, who was my best friend for so long, I just felt like I had to scream at somebody. And I know it's not my husband's fault. I know it's not my daughter's fault. Who's left? (laughs) it's, It's God. God, this is you. So I really felt like once I was able to articulate how angry I was and yelling at him and pointing my finger and, and I really did God, but he never, I don't know how he just, I felt like he wrapped me in his arms. You know, you've seen in movies where women are like beating on the guy's chest and they just hold them. Mm -hmm. That's what I felt like. Like I was just slamming my hands into his into his chest and just screaming at him and all he did was just hold me and say we'll get through this i'm here yeah the moment i did that and i felt that peace just rushed over me i'm not angry anymore i'm sad i have my sad days but i'm not angry like okay he said we'll get through this together Mm -hmm. I think it's it's so poetic the way you described that, that by getting the anger out, and, and I think it's so important. Anger is one of the stages of grief. Yeah. And um, it's God is a great place to vent that anger because he takes it and then he loves you and fills you with peace. And, yes. and it's not going to happen overnight. <laughs> no. But it, it does happen eventually. Yeah. And I I just love, love, love the way you described that. It was so, so beautiful. And I felt the same when my kids were diagnosed with autism. I was really angry with God for quite a while with one mm-hmm. diagnosis and then another, you know. Right. And so it's like I'd finished processing one and then we got another one and I kind of went through right. everything all over again. Kind of like you with the death of your sister and then the death of your uncle. And so life is going to ebb and flow and our emotions are going to ebb and flow. And the great thing is God will take them all and help us process it if we turn to him. And that that's really where our choice comes in. Do you want to hold it inside? Do you want to let it eat and gnaw at you inside? Or would you rather just get it out? Give it to God. Give it to God. He's big enough. He can take it. (laughs) He can take Tamara's stuff. He can take Stephanie's stuff. He can take your stuff. (laughs) I promise. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it is. It is really, really good. Um, 
So one of the um, things that you mentioned was uh, the importance of connection through 2020 and, and trying to find that. You found it through Zoom. You found it through uh, talking to close family and friends. But why do you think that, especially when you lose somebody like your uncle and you're not able to grieve with them in person, how do you get that connection when you can't be with someone that you really want to be with and, and, and it's just not possible? It's hard. I, I, and I don't think anything can replace a good hug from a friend. I'll say I'm a very introverted person. If I could stay home and not be around humans, I would. <laughs> but we go back to, we need people. We, mm -hmm. we do. And I'll admit that I, you know, I, I loved being at a writer's retreat. I loved um, being home just around my kids and, and, and going to the beach and, and people watching. But I think mourning and going through these dark moments and not being able to have that hug, that's when you have to really look at your, your feelings and really lean on God. You know, we're not supposed to, I don't know, lean on our own understanding and, and be led by our emotions, but God does want us to be honest. And when I was sitting here in my office and I was watching on my computer, my amazing uncle in his casket and I'm watching people cry for him I'm thinking I'm here feeling this myself but I'm watching these people thinking they're feeling exactly what I'm feeling and I called my mom and I talked to her and we texted each other hey you know I want to let you know I love you and I think just those small things in those dark moments when Again, when 2020, you could not be around somebody. Those little moments and, and turning to God and, and processing that, those are what got, got me through. Just a quick text, just a quick phone call. Um, like I said, the Zoom meeting, just seeing people. And I know it's not the same as if I had been there and been hugged, but it did get me through uh, knowing I wasn't alone in the grieving process, knowing I wasn't alone ever. That um, again, when I cried, God cried. So I wasn't really here by myself, but God had his hand on my shoulder and saying, it's going to be okay. I love and that. I also know the next time I see my friends and family, there will be hugs involved. Right. That's a good so reminder. sometimes it's, it's being patient until you can be with them. And patience is always so hard. Right? <laughs> patience is a virtue and not one that I have. I think I look back on who I was, um, like as a teenager, for example, and I realized I was not very patient back then. But I think God has been teaching me patience little bits at a time throughout my life. And if I were to yeah. gauge, you know, on a scale, here's where you were as a teenager and here's where you are now, I have improved. Right. I'm not I'm not to the level I probably need to be yet, but I have any improved. Really, are any of us really at a level we should be? Being honest with yourself, no, <laughs> we are not. Oh but my god, we do improve. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, one of the big tips and and takeaways that that you talk about um, is that you are walking in victory and that you're a champion. And one day 
all those things that you thought were weaknesses will be strengths. Would you mind elaborating a little bit on that important concept? I just, um, I don't even know who told me, but years and years ago, before I even came out with the bulimia and discussed my depression, somebody said, um, you know, it, it, and it's a Bible verse, you're, you are victorious, you know, um, I can't even think of the, the other verses that they said, but that all of these, what we call weaknesses, God would turn into strengths and therefore we would be able to help other people through those struggles because we've been there, we've done that. And with the help of God, we've overcome. And so oh, beauty from ashes, mm-hmm. you know, what, what I'm seeing as awful and eh, God is, is way, way, way in advance of us and saying, she is bulimic. She is dealing with depression. Um, but she's, I'm going to turn this and I'm going to help all these people through what she's gone through. So for me, knowing that I still have that little voice in the back of my head saying, you'll feel better if I still have those dark days, that's okay. Because there are people that are just beginning that, that journey, um, that battle that I will be able to talk to and say, I'm here. I've done that. I'm here. Talk to me. You will never be judged. You will only be loved. And I will lift you up in prayer on a daily basis. Know that you are loved. Mm. And so I, I think if, if I didn't struggle with those things, then how would I help anybody? Mm. We, we all have those struggles. Like you with the, with the autism, if, if you had never gone through those struggles how would you help anybody else so god has turned those ashes into something so beautiful Mm -hmm. so being being an overcomer i want to help others to overcome as well so then you know it just goes on and on they help and they help and they help and they help yeah i think you're absolutely right it's interesting that god does use the very things that we struggle with the most that try us the most that make us shake our fist at him the most, (laughs) that he uses that as a springboard for us to become almost a mentor to others. Yeah. I got through it. You can too. Right. Yeah. And you don't see it when you're in that. Oh, no. Oh, no. I prayed and prayed that God would take (laughs) it away. And it's so interesting. I look back now and and I can see a little bit like, like this much of God's perspective, just a tiny, tiny view that here I am decades later, uh, doing a podcast, having written a couple of books, you know, God used that awful hard situation that last that's, you know, I'm still dealing with to this day, but he has helped me become a voice for, um, for him and lean on God. You'll get through. I promise you, (laughs) you know, And, and I, I, I tried to pray this away. You know, I didn't want to go through it. Just like you would have said, no, God, give me my sister back. Right. Right. (laughs) You know, Uh, but these very things that, that we struggle with the most often in hindsight are the very things that help us become stronger and more capable and to be able to testify that, you know, God got me through. 
and and I'm better for it. Did I like going through it? Oh no, it was awful, but yeah. I, I'm thankful <laughs> for it. Right? Yeah, right. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my goodness. Now, I'd love to segue into how um, your writing evolved into books that you have written. You've written a, okay. an amazing series. Tell us about it, and 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 tell us where we can find them. Your books. Um. And I have been writing as far back as I can remember because I always felt I could express my feelings with pen and paper as opposed to verbally. Mm -hmm. I felt, you know, that way I could really think and take my time about the right words and the right way to express it. Um, And then with the depression and the bulimia, you know, being told, hey, you need a journal. Like I said, I got bored. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to live in, in that world. I wanted to live in another. And so my daughter bought me this little notebook that's got little starter sentences. And I would fill that out and start these little, you know, five sentence or two page little short stories that were trash, but that's okay. It made me feel better. But one of them, my daughter said, I want to know more about this girl that you're writing. And so I wrote a little bit more and she would come and read it and say, okay, now what's going to happen to this girl? What, what will happen? And, and before I knew it, it turned into a trilogy <laughs> um, um, that I, you know, I have just really fallen in love with these characters and they've become amazing friends of mine. Um, and I'm just finishing up editing the, the third book. It's about to go to the editor right now. Yay. Yay. Um, it's called, well, it's the Zelina series, Z-E-L-I-N-A. Um, Zelina, the first glyph, and Zelina, the second glyph are on Amazon, or you can get them at my website, which is under my pen name, Stephanie Fay. It's authorstephaniefay.com. And that's where you can get the books from me and you can get them signed, or you can just order it from Amazon if that's easier. And that's fine too. Um, but these characters have really helped me in those dark days. Um, I quit journaling. I still journal. I won't lie, but I quit journaling as much. And really in those darker days, I really go inward into this other world and, you know, have my character Zelina facing these darker places in her world as well that she's able to fight through. Wow. I find it so interesting that that on your darkest days, you escape into the story where your protagonist is going through dark things, but she conquers. It's almost like that message in your dark day is playing in your mind. I'm going through a hard time, but I'm going to get through it. Watch. Here's my character. She's going to overcome. You know, I think that is so amazing, but I think, I think that is the power of books, um, that, um, I, I know that on days where I'm feeling down or discouraged, or I just need to relax. I dive into books. They books have always been my escape. I I could dive into a book and read and it helps me escape and feel better and feel like I can face the world again. (laughs) Yeah. Because in the end, most books, you know, they go through the character's journey and they face all these awful things and they come out victorious in the end. So I think that that theme 
plays out in your your writing there as well. It absolutely does. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, this has been so fun. So Stephanie, I know there's going to be be people out there who are going to want to connect with you. Obviously, they can connect with you on your website. If you'll give us your website one more time and then tell us where they can find you on social media so that they can catch a little bit more of the little Stephanie vibe, which is so awesome and powerful. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, so you can find uh, my website is authorstephaniefay.com. I'm on Instagram, Stephanie Fay Books. Uh, same thing on Facebook. And those are the only two that I have. I don't have any other yet. We're, we're slowly <laughs> building other social media platforms. So Instagram and Facebook are amazing, amazing places where you can see me editing. Um, you can even drop little ideas of what you would like the characters to do. I love the feedback. Um, yeah. So great, great places. And I do check personally, I do check the Instagram and the Facebook every day. Awesome. Wow. This is so great. And, and you do need to connect with Stephanie because she is so amazing. And, and you are a fighter, you know, you fight every day and it's, it's just amazing to spend time with someone who is constantly battling, but winning overall, right? Yes. It, every day yes. isn't a win, but overall we're winning, right? <laughs> hey, as long as you're still fighting that, you know, the fight's not over until you give up. So just don't give up, keep fighting. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you like what you heard, subscribe so you can get your weekly dose of powerful stories of hope. I know there are many of you out there who are going through a hard time, and I hope you found useful things that you can apply to your own life in today's podcast. If you would like to access the show notes of today's show, please visit my website, storiesofhopepodcast.com. There you will find a summary of today's show, the transcript, and one of my favorite takeaways. You know, if someone kept coming to mind during today's episode, perhaps that means that you should share this episode with them. Maybe there was a story shared or a quote or a scripture verse that they really, really need to hear. So go ahead and share this podcast. May God bless you, especially if you are struggling with hope to carry on and with the strength to keep going when things get tough. Remember to walk with Christ and he will help you bear the burden. And above all else, remember God loves you.